there's probably an alien with one single cheek. But then where's the? Never mind. It, down in the, they still have a taint still underneath. They still yeah, have a taint. Yeah, it's yeah, still there. yeah, okay. yeah. So they got the, like Good. the rounded ass cheek. Paratainterites, nice. <laughs> Captain's Pod, Stardate 52.29.22.1. Welcome aboard the Starship's <laughs> Enterprise, and thank you for joining us as we take a brief shore leave from the world of CinemaSins to explore the universe of Star Trek. I'm your Captain Ian Whittington, and with me this week, she puts the Zen in Heisenberg Compensators, it's Ambassador Today Hughes. Good day to you. What do you think about that? Uh, uh, I was this thinking week we're going to be looking at season <laughs> <laughs> No, I want to be a singing telegram ambassador today. Sing. You're going to sing the entire episode. You're singing a gram. Sing okay. a grassador? Sing I'm a grassador. Oh, that reminds me of a story. Do it. You have three minutes. Oh, that's plenty of time for the story. In fact, I think I can do it even quicker, but only if I would start right away. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Two I minutes was... and 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that was that was not a third. <laughs> yeah, this is a Romulan me. three minutes. It goes oh, faster. Oh shit! The planet spins quicker. God. Okay. Okay. So I was um. Twenty seconds is- left. <laughs> Continue. No, I want the story. Give me, give me the story. Tell me, tell me. You have all the time you need. Do it. So last night, Iris was wanting a bedtime story, and so mm-hmm. we read one of her favorites, I Love You Because You're You. Oh, I love that one. It's a really cute little mm-hmm. book, a little rhyming book. And after she finishes, she starts talking about uh, this creature. She's like, did you know? And, and she has a very active imagination. She makes mm-hmm. up words, you know, yeah. things like this. She's, did you know that there is such a thing as a Gruffalo? And I was like, what? what? And she's like, it has orange eyes. And it has black tongue. And it has... Like, and she's describing this thing, and I'm like, man, she's really specific. And I'm thinking, God, my child has nightmares or something. Yeah, this is awful. Broken by the Gruffalo. And then she, and then, but she gets this one part. She gives like maybe six adjectives, and I'm trying to figure out what is her imagination and what is her repeating information. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it's a congl- it's a conglomer- con- conglomeration of <laughs> it's a everything. Con- glob- goblin ration, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she gets to it's like, and it has purple spikes on its back. Oh my goodness, it's terrifying. And I'm thinking this is too far. I was like, is this a book that you've read? And she's like, yeah, we read it at school. And so I thought, <laughs> this is kind of scary. Because she was, yeah. like, when she was describing it, her eyes were big and she was like wiggling her fingers to make it kind of scary or whatever. And so I ended up finding a PDF online and I read the Gruffalo oh, book. Oh, that's awesome. And it was hilariously hysterical because it yeah, describes- describes it all perfectly the gruffalo was an actual book and so she is so excited because i'm reading it for the first time and we're, we we get to the part where it's the uh-huh. spiny back part which is mm-hmm. i you know the the trigger for me that there was yeah. something more going on i burst into laughter because she's like making these like you know animated motions Aww. and we're both just laughing together the gruffalo is a really really good book uh anyways one yeah. of the words you just said reminded me of gruffalo and that is Three minutes of your time. That is amazing. So, d- had you heard of the Gruffalo before yesterday? No. You'd never heard of it? No. Oh, that's hilarious. So <laughs> no you're just, idea. You're like, my daughter's a best-selling author. Like, this is great. <laughs> She's invented this word, created this amazing creature. Yeah, no, they've made, like, movies and stuff. I had no idea. I had that's no amazing. idea. It's such a clever story, too, about this. Oh, it's brilliant. 
And she thinks it's about the Gruffalo, but I'm like, this uh-huh. is a story about the cleverness of the mouse. And so yeah, we, ha- we had like a little chat about that and then went oh, to bed and I thought, so oh my, oh my God, I hope this Gruffalo isn't haunting her with its knobbly knees and its yeah. spiky talons. She might like the movie. I can't, it's a while since I've seen it. She might like it. It's a little bit scary, but it's it's got like a good ending. So that's so interesting. That's amazing. <laughs> that's kind of like... If I'd never heard of Star Trek and my imaginary kid was just like, and then they go to space on the USS Enterprise. And I'm like taking notes. I'm like, this is great. Let's make this into a TV show. Uh, wait, but th- but that was very specific. You said something about a warp core. Let's yeah. just Google this and see. Where is this coming from? Yep. And then there is a Vulcan. He has pointy ears and dedicates his life to logic. I was like, wait, wait, what? wait. This okay, all so right, specific. all right. This is out of your imagination <laughs> realm now. Amazing. That's so great. Um, you have a very intelligent daughter regardless. That's amazing. She does make things up that it was it was genuinely a toss up on whether or not yeah. she was just describing things in her imagination. Uh-huh. But it was so specific. Anyway, that's my story. That's amazing. I Thank love you it. for letting me derail Captain. Oh, that, that isn't making it into the show. Um, so this week we will be looking into season three, episode five of Star Trek Lower Decks, Reflections. Any predictions before we jump in? Reflections. Reflections. This could be a literal one. We've got mirrors as an option. It could be one Mm -hmm. where you're like, you know, introspective about who you are as a person and what you want to be reflecting on things. No, I think they are literally going to run into mirrors and then jump into different portals. Is there something about a reflector dish? That's the deflector dish. Okay. Okay. Just uh, we covered this last week. (laughs) Remember, the deflector dish pushes the meteors out of the way. That's not my question. Is yeah. there a reflector dish? Um, yes, I am okay, sure there is. so maybe it's I about am... the reflector oh, dish. Goddamn Geordie LaForges. <laughs> I am sure he has made a reflector dish at some point. Um, so this episode has been out. We're recording it super, super early. This episode of Lower Decks has been out, I think, maybe eight or seven hours. I've already had something spoiled. <laughs> I was... What? I was flicking through Twitter and Which somebody, you should never do. Which I should never do, ever. And somebody just tweets, huh, it was really nice to see dot 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 show up this week. And I was like, dude. Oh, so man. we have a guest appearance? Okay. Of do some I sort. know this person? Um I'm not gonna say anything. Oh, um, that's so nice of you. Yeah, okay, okay. But okay. I was just like, great. Hours. And I I'm just, I'm not saying You're but it's hours fine. away. That's yeah, my fault. Yeah, that's your bad kid. With that, we will see you guys for a full debrief in 10 Forward after we have watched episode 5 of season 3 of Lower Decks. To the burritos! Welcome to 10 Forward, the part of the show where we grab a drink from the replicator and share our immediate thoughts and feelings on the episode that we just watched. Most important question first, what would you like from the replicator, Ambassador? Today I think I'll drink the blood of my brain, buddy. Oh, the blood of your ale. <laughs> I would like some Romulan ale because I got all the tingles from the from the Romulan space. The the starship was so cool. I loved it. <laughs> okay. Before we get into that, um, this week we see Boimler and Mariner on recruitment duty on a random planet because what else are we going to do with them this week? And most importantly, we see some threads unravel as Rutherford is possessed by... Himself. Some Damn it, just spoiled it. <laughs> possessed <laughs> by a strange presence 
that may have secrets to his past. Overall thoughts and feelings, Ambassador. Let's first just talk about how you're like, spoiler, if you're listening to the show <laughs> and you don't want to be spoiled, this isn't the show for you. This is a bad place. This I just is want not to a hold good the place. suspense for a couple more minutes. A, a minutes, moments, seconds. I wanted the reveal. I, I wanted to see, give the big it. reveal. There we go, there we go. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, not my favorite show, um, episode, rather. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. tell me why. Was it too serious? Uh, I mean, it kind of got it got better for me uh, mm-hmm. once Boimler lost his shit. Then I was yes. like, okay, here we go. And then that was really, <laughs> really sort of at the towards the end, you know, like the mm-hmm. uh, the setup for the Rutherford reveal uh, for me. And this is probably because I haven't spent a lot of time with Rutherford, whom I'm calling Robotford. Ro- um, I mean, that's perfect. Yeah. So I haven't spent a lot of time. You know, again, I missed. I only watched the first episode and then the mm-hmm. last episode of the, what, what season Second was it? Season. Second yeah. season. So I missed entirely, basically two entire seasons before starting this series. So what I am lacking is a relationship with these characters outside mm-hmm. of essentially what I see week to week. Mm. So I feel like for those who have been watching this since season one, this is a huge episode because there's more information finally being given for Robotford. However, Mm -hmm. for myself, I'm like, get to the point because I just felt like a lot of these scenes just went on for so long. And for a show that usually clips through, I was checking my watch that I don't actually wear. Oh, interesting. You were yeah. checking your freckle pasta hair. My freckle pasta hair, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm gonna be interested to watch um season one and season two with you because I don't know that it changed very much for me because he isn't a huge part of those seasons. Like there's some running gags where he will go on dates and be overachieving and whatnot. But the setup for him having hidden memories is literally in the finale of season two. Like, we don't know that there's anything wrong with him until then. Oh, so it, we interesting. Okay, okay. We've only been waiting for this since then. So, so really, I, it hasn't been that much of a buildup then? No, not okay. at all. So I think you're just feeling whatever this episode was making you feel. I don't think it would have been improved by watching another two seasons. I feel like if I was to rewatch this, I might be able to pick up some more things that I enjoyed. And there is a lot mm-hmm. that I did enjoy about this one, but just my general thoughts and feelings. I wasn't, mm-hmm. I wasn't as in on this one. What about you? Cause this has had uh, the things I liked about this. I'm thinking you were like super amped about, which is all the references. I mean, this was just like, yeah, someone like, threw up references. So man, there is not a, a passing second or like side comment that can't be a reference. Um, and all the ones you spotted, I think there'll be just as many that you missed. Um, it, it's, I, so the, the B plot with Marilyn and Boimler didn't really do anything for me at all. And so that, I mean, that's in this instance. But overall, that was a little bit slow until Boimler exploded, which is kind of like the go-to thing is make Boimler explode to make something entertaining. Um, but the, the A plot with Rutherford, I really, really enjoyed. But I'm a sucker for picking up a hanging thread and developing some backstory and uh, an overarching thing. And it was just filled with cool stuff that i love that they get to animate and that i love that they get to see so overall i'm probably leaning more towards where you are in enjoying it less than the rest of them because it was a little bit it was super focused on let's develop some stuff for the future so rutherford's mystery is mariner gonna leave again um boimler becoming more bold boldler um and not quite the same same whimsy that 
that we usually have, but man, the references keep me going. Like the cool shit that we see on screen is so, so great. Um, so yeah, let's dive in to some of that stuff. So the thing that was spoiled for me was the Delta Flyer um, appearing, which wasn't really a huge spoiler. Um, that's I, the, uh, the, sh- the, 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 the nice fancy shuttle that was in the race. Yeah, that's the okay, one that Rutherford okay. built. So okay. that's from Voyager and they build that to, it's so contrived. Like there's this species that are dumping, it, they're dumping like nuclear waste or antimatter waste somewhere and they're both sending a probe to this planet and then they have to race to rescue the probe. And instead of like coming up with anything, they're like, you know what we're going to do? Both ships are going to independently decide to build a faster shuttle that can survive flying into the planet. And they make the Delta Flyer, which is so much fun. It's such a cool little ship. Um, so it was nice to see that racing around. That was a big, big, big positive. Um, yeah, I love that little ship. Um, what about you? Give me, give me some, give me something you like. Um, so one of the biggest things I'm going to actually just kind of like, I'm going to go to the very end because, uh, at the very end of this episode, uh, my thoughts were really in, my thoughts were really interesting to me Mm. and I can't kind of stop, like my brain's just cycling through. So it's Mariner and she receives this transmission from the ex Starfleet person who Mm -hmm. left to kind of become a rogue archaeologist i think that essentially steals things from museums to return them to their planets if i was understanding that correctly it's to sell them back yeah exactly and make a profit so she's basically she's based on another character called vash um and i don't know why they didn't just use her because it's the same exact person minus the starfleet history so it it was a very it was an interesting choice to not just use somebody we already know but hey create somebody new so she calls that, that that person calls Mariner and essentially is like, hey, listen, if you ever don't want to be in Starfleet, give me a call. Mm-hmm. And Mariner saves her contact information rather than deleting it uh, and sort of glances to the back of the ship, watches the planet disappear as they go into warp. And I got the impression that Mariner would consider moving outside of Starfleet. Like maybe that is mm-hmm. a good move for her, just her Kinda personality. Makes sense, doesn't it? It does. And what I love about that ending with the potential to leave Starfleet is you know, this show, just like all Star Trek, is in its own world. It's in its own ass. And this episode is f- like forefront. We are in our own ass. And they are talking about like, you know, they have all of these aliens coming up and like questioning them, which is like showing, you know, all the different ways that Starfleet can and cannot be perceived, mm. et cetera, et cetera. There's conversations. The Boimler loses his shit, which is like probably my favorite part of this episode mm-hmm. and, you know, goes to the defense of it. So you're hearing maybe all the fandom fighting back and forth. This is like the forums on display in yes. one episode in a way. And yeah. this show is taking time to say, we see all of this. We are in our own ass. We're in our own world. We know it. Mm-hmm. We're exploiting it in this new show. We're getting laughs yeah. about it. We're taking it seriously. And we're also not. And, you know, one might think this is a big ego, but they put that aside and they bring this like storyline to the forefront that there's more besides Starfleet. And mm-hmm. what's cool about that is that, you know, Star Trek, it like it's doing what it does. Star Trek has created s- this whole universe and they're Starfleet, and our story is firmly in Starfleet, and they're acknowledging that there's more, but yet they're going to stay in their lane because they do it well. Mm-hmm. And in a weird way, I feel very similar about our job with CinemaSins. Like, mm. 
all of us as the writers, we are so much more than just a sins video or something, but we're staying in our lane and we're doing what we'd like to do. And we're like, we're in that space, but there's so much more out there. And we know that, and we recognize that, and we're not always right. And we have those conversations, but we're not so dumb that we, that we we don't acknowledge that there's more out there. So when we can, we reference it. Yeah. It's this really brave thing that the show did that I really appreciated as Mm. content creators. Like, we know that our characters can live outside of Starfleet. We love them. We want to keep them in our Starfleet lane so we can see them. But there mm-hmm. are people who leave, and this is potentially a, a glimpse at Mariner having that release. Mm-hmm. I thought it was brave and interesting. I don't know. I really got stuck on that part. Yeah. So I, I wanted to say that first. That's probably my favorite thing that's that happened this episode. Mm-hmm. That is my number one top longest note from this episode, is that I love that it explored... A, that Starfleet is basically a military organization. Like, we we kind of forget that and brush it under the carpet. But when they said, hey, look, you're just a veiled space navy. And like, yeah, it's basically the navy because it is the, it is the armed force of authority that Earth and the Federation has. It has all of, like, it has the ranks of, like, the military as well. It is literally a military institution, but its primary goal is to explore space. But... It spends a lot of its time defending instead of actually exploring. Like, we fall into that. And it's one of the things that Gene Roddenberry really pushed against was he wanted to focus, from all I've heard, seen, read, whatever, focus on the space exploration star- stuff and really butted against the battles, the wars, and all of that stuff, which is why Deep Space Nine was so controversial, because that wasn't about exploration. That is, stay put and defend a war. That's pretty much what Deep Space Nine ended up being. Um, and I love it. Like Star Trek can do all of those different things, but it's so cool that this episode says Starfleet isn't the only option. It's where, like you say, it's where we like to be. It's where we're comfortable. It's what we like to explore. But there are all of these other organizations. There are civilians doing it. There are archaeologists. There are freelancers. There's just mining consortiums. There's the collectors. Mm-hmm. And there's they all have all these of these boots. people. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, come join our cause. Come do it. Like Starfleet isn't the only option. And it's so, so, so clever. It's like, it's, it's it's why I can't say I didn't like this episode because it is such a great encapsulation of the whole universe and the options that are actually out there. This is a more cerebral episode because yes, it kind of yeah. asks you to, and, and maybe this is why it didn't hit me as much is because there's so many references and there's so, like, I think a super fan of Star Trek would, would really love this episode because there's so much to think about. But for someone like myself who doesn't recognize the aliens, doesn't know all the backstories mm-hmm. that are being referenced, it's kind of like oh, I'm sure. skimming over the surface. And all I was watching was two people bored at a convention and one person <laughs> having an argument with himself in his own brain the entire oh, sure. time. And it was like, uh-huh. wookie dokie, you know, where are we going here? So mm. that's why it felt a little bit long for me. No, that's totally fair. And that is one of the reasons that Lower Decks will always fall down a little bit. It's going to be tough to get new people into Star Trek with this because it yeah. it is punctuated with references everywhere. Like the poofy flower that Tendi spends 30 seconds like it's in the vase, that's from an episode of the original series and it sends everyone's emotions crazy and it, it turns it makes Spock fall in love with somebody. I thought that that flower was going to play a part in uh, nope. Robot for just you a know, reference. You know, doing yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, just, just a reference. in the middle of this bay suddenly yep. it's there. So I don't It's, it's crazy. Um, that was one of my sins, so I guess I'll just mark that off as okay. an early one. <laughs> why didn't the poofy flower come into it? Literally just there as a reference, that's it. No, no, no. Um, my, my sin was, why is it there at all? 
like it's yeah. did, did she just tote it in on the little platform and just said it, it the cargo bay yeah I said, yeah anyway <laughs> and why is it just constantly poofing as well it's supposed to wait until something gets near it anyway this instance but i think we've covered it now <laughs> Um, I mean, even the the white void that Rutherford and himself are in, that's a nod to an episode we've actually seen, like Tapestry, where Picard is with Q in that big white void, and Picard, uh, ta- uh, Q is saying, you can either die on that table, or we can go into the past and you can fix the accident that caused you to lose your heart. And that entire mindscape is just this white void of, of stuff. So they don't miss a single opportunity to slip a reference in, which is going to be tricky because it's hard to claim it as your own Star Trek when it's so heavily based on all of the Star Trek that came before it, if that makes sense. Yeah, but at the same time, I think they did a good job of creating something very interesting for the super fan to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I love it. I mean, what, I'm, I'm I, I do have a it. question. What is Starbase 80? Because that was a threat. So in this episode, uh, um, Hot Pants and yeah. Boy Boy don't want to go to this convention and man the Starfleet <laughs> booth and they're threatened with Starbase 80. Do uh-huh. you know what that is? Because immediately their demeanor changed and they kind of buttoned up and like, yes, sir, we're on our way, sir, because I don't want to be sent to this very, very specific place. And I obviously am missing that reference. I didn't know if it was kind of made up for the show or if it's something that exists in the world that I should know about. So um, Starbase 80, it's not immediately popping to mind. Like, I don't know if it, I mean, I am sure that it's been mentioned before, but it's not like a, for me, it's not like an infamous, oh yeah, that, that's the worst Starbase ever. But um, Mike McMahon did tweet about it, like saying, yeah, Starbase 80 is the worst. We hate Starbase 80. So um, I'm sure it's a reference, but I just couldn't, I couldn't quite place where it comes from. As a, after a quick, quick Google, it looks like it's it's a lower decks thing. So we'll see if Starbase 80 pops up again and just continues to get shit upon. <laughs> <laughs> what if like that's the next TV show and they're just like giving a wink and nod to this shitty Starbase? Oh, that would be so great. I'm like this. There's there has been a Starfleet Academy TV show in the works for ages, and I would love to see that. Just little a limited run TV show based at Starfleet Academy would be so so great. Um, I think I kind of covered my favorite parts of this one i don't know what else did you like about it i know i didn't mention a lot it's because mm-hmm. again this one for me i just kind of felt myself yeah. wanting to get through it no no no, that's fair um i really really liked that we're picking up on the rather the rather rather robot food thing um i didn't expect it to be like d- the dedicated episode like quite so early on i thought they may like trickle it in a little bit more but i think with like the 20 minute format they can't afford to do that too much so i think they're just hey, this is when we're going to deal with this, and then we'll pick it up a little bit later. But um, yeah, I love that they picked it up. I love that they handled it. I love that he now has another mission to try and find out who this mystery Starfleet officer um, is that that seems to be behind his shenanigans. So I, I mean, I love a conspiracy, and Starfleet seems to be full of sketchy people doing sketchy things. Um, so I really, really enjoyed that. Yeah, it's like they didn't solve it, but they gave a little bit more information. They let the Rutherford yep. know that he has an entire history that he forgot, that there was some kind of an accident for something he was working on, maybe for mm-hmm. someone else. And yeah, that as probably. a cover up 
they gave him an implant and wiped his memory. Mm-hmm. And we see shadowed figures. They are Starfleet because you can see the Delta symbol on their on their mm-hmm. chest. So it's an older uniform. It was a way to kind of say this is more about you, but but also disappear his past person entirely, mm-hmm. so he can't access those memories. He has to start over again, and that's a clever writing way to know that his brain doesn't have that information anymore. It's mm-hmm. also very convenient, but it's oh, understandable. Super convenient. Yeah. But I, you know what I feel like? I've been, I feel like I've been watching a lot of uh, content recently where it's two characters that are talking to each other the entire time. Mm-hmm. So I'm watching the new episode, new season of Rick and Morty. So there's one where Morty is talking to himself. There's one where Beth is talking to herself. And now here <laughs> Rutherford is talking to himself. So it, like, it seems yeah. to be this thing where people continue to converse themselves a lot and i wonder if that's just kind of a fun thing that sometimes you can do in cartoons because you have a voice actor that can just sort of like play all oh, the roles easier. but uh-huh but another thing that this episode did that i've recently seen is was it moon knight the oh, marvel yeah. uh-huh. with the whole yeah. reflection the, conversations yeah. that were happening i was like wait a second <laughs> this seems very familiar and uh, i really enjoyed moon knight i thought it was a very mm different kind of approach to like a superhero style show um, Mm -hmm. and did things very differently than I feel like Marvel usually does while at the Mm -hmm. same time doing it exactly the same. So it just, it got closer to the end of it. I was like, Oh yes, this is Marvel. Um, But the whole like reflection thing was an interesting take on Mm. showing us that part of Rutherford's personality was stuck inside of himself, which Mm. was of course the reference to reflection. Well, I mean, it's almost as if humans are complicated creatures with multiple internal narratives, and that's something that writers like to explore. Uh, I don't think it's a coincidence that that stuff comes up a lot, especially like in Star Trek, with there's a whole mirror universe where there is an evil version of every character that we know and love. And one of the, th- the original series did it once, Deep Space Nine did it, I think, five or six times where they will visit this mirror universe, meet the evil version of themselves and the different paths that they could have taken. Like, It's so interesting to explore who we are and what's influenced that and would we still be that person if certain events in our lives hadn't happened. So I'm not surprised that they mine it as much as they do. It's a great storytelling. You know, it's just, it's yeah. it's a wonderful way to kind of put some more stuff on the screen. So I'm not, yeah, it's not that I mind it. It's just interesting that I'm seeing these kind of like, I've seen this recently and mm-hmm. I wonder how often it happens or if it's just kind of a fun, clever. And yeah. maybe the writers are giving a nod to something that they love. Like we do that in our scripts oh, all the sure. time. I'm sure they are. Where we reference something that we really love because yeah. we love it. So, mm-hmm. Um, and you won't be surprised. I was watching this with Aaron, and about halfway through, he goes, "Huh, this certainly feels very Moon Knighty, doesn't it?" It does. It did. It felt very Moon Knighty, even with like the punching of the eye. Yes. And in Moon Knight, he like punches himself a couple of yeah. times, is trying to take over his own brain. I guess spoilers to, for Moon Knight. Yeah, he tries to kiss his wife and punches himself in the face. That's so great. Uh, the anaphastic alien, though, is that something that happens in Star Trek very often? I am glad you brought that up. The anaphasic alien. Anaphasic. Okay. Uh-huh. So if I'm remembering rightly, the sex candle episode, that is an a- oh. anaphasic life form. So that's probably why that word stood out in your head. So they are a non-corporeal goopy alien thing so he's he's assuming he's being possessed by the sex candle as well um like even that they didn't come up with their own thing it's like let's pull this from existing canon let's pull it from a type of alien that we already know amazing amazing one of my favorite more subtle references was that when rutherford said that he's having the repeating nightmare and tendy's like oh is this the one where kirk and where (laughs) you're in an alternate timeline with kirk and spock and they have a believable cinematic chemistry 
so trolly. It's so trolly. That's what I mean by this show is like in on its own ass. Like oh, it, and it's, I it's love it. totally fine with making fun of itself. And I really uh-huh. appreciate that. I love that so much because it's it's a, it's a reference to the new Star Trek movies, which is Chris Pine and Zachary Quinto's Kirk and Spock, who do have better chemistry than Shatner and Nimoy because Nimoy and Shatner famously didn't get along very well. I, I love that subtle reference to like he's dreaming about an alternate timeline that they shouldn't know about, which is, oh man, that tickled me. I love it. Um, when they're at the recruitment booth and he's like, hey, we've got new worlds. They're strange and they need exploring. Yes. And I was like, uh-huh. That's really fun. Yeah. I love yeah. that. There was a couple. There was a couple of that. Uh, the captain's yacht was another one that I found interesting. Mm, yes. That evil, evil robot fur like goes and finds a ship within the ship mm-hmm. that is a yacht. I love it. With warp capability. Was that what he said? Yeah. yeah. So in my mind, there's like this pleasure yacht that you know the captain can kind of jump on and go like zip around the stars whenever she he uh-huh. or they would need like a vacation or something but maybe the it, word yacht is is throwing me <laughs> it's in my resistance um, okay but, okay well we, we can talk about it now though let's um, just go to resistance i'm ready no, i have let's more references go. wait let's sudden go. sudden romulan warbird and it wasn't just oh. like appear and disappear it was like decloak the d derodex warbird and then and zap 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 and shoom shoom and I'm watching this on Aaron's TV. He has the best TV that's ever created yeah, by man. It's amazing. It's freaking awesome. I loved that. You're the right. We should talk about that. that. We should mention so that. Good. There is something about watching <sighs> an animated series that can animate this really fun space sequence. Mm-hmm. As sinful as that entire thing is, and I have so many sins about that scene, yeah. like that, uh-huh. that, that thing in general, just the whole setup in general. <laughs> oh, it no. still doesn't change that watching it was really fun. Like that yeah. space race. It's beautiful. It's a it's a clever way. Like we want to see some action, and other than that, the only action we would have in this is boy and boy. I'm like tossing yeah. tables. No, <laughs> so, you need, and because it's in Rutherford's imagination, anything can turn up. That's why it's. So it was fun. really cool, like the de- and how big it was, and so yep. predominant Shoot. in your face. Yeah. And when you think about like how when I was watching, you know, Romulan ships decloak mm-hmm. on TV, it was in the distance. Yeah, you know, it wasn't like right in your face on the TV screen. Mm-hmm. The detail that we can get with <sighs> CGI is so fun. So- Good. And then just the way that the space race was just like arcing through this, you know, I don't know, it was an asteroid field or something like that. I don't oh, remember. Everything. I mean, it was that, fun. That was that, fun. In, that entire course. But again, not original because that entire space race course is pulled from Voyager. Um, Boimler's uniform is the same uniform that Tom wears well, during the race. He likes Voyager. It's coming from he is obviously he a, a Voyager fan. Passionate love for Voyager. Um, that's nothing wrong with that. Nope, nothing wrong at all. But it is kind of like the show doesn't have to do a lot of work. It's like, hey, we're just going to pull this race that's already happened and put it over here and re. I this mean, show is more yeah. about recreating live action stuff in an animated form than it is about coming up with well, its own stuff. Sometimes, if you think of it, Robotford obviously has rewatched some of the tapes or something. Oh, he's rewatched from, all of the logs. Yes, yeah, and uh-huh. he's just like. So when he's in his own mind, he's like, let's go. Let's go. Like, I can finally be there. <laughs> exactly what I would do. You know yeah. Boimler is like doing the Enterprise missions all over again. Like oh, his yeah. off time is just replaying missions. I was like, this isn't off time. What are you doing? His off time is taking the leather washer to all of the chairs on the bridge and just making yeah, them perfect so that oh, whenever the, the captain's oh. ass hits that seat, that it's still cush- cushy and, <laughs> and perfect yeah. and oh, smells so delicious. Ugh. 
Um, <laughs> I have got a couple more points. So the Collectors Guild swooped in. They were in one episode of TNG, um, and a collector kidnaps Data and then pretends like this is part of my collection. He fakes Data's death and then shows him off to all of his friends. But Data pretends to be a mannequin, <laughs> just like won't react. That's one of my favourite episodes. It's a great one to rewatch. Um, the parasites that took over the animal admirals and ah, crawled into their the butt. butts. Through the butts. So they were meant to be the big Those bad. Those are called buttercites. Buttercites. Parabuts? Nope. Um, they were <laughs> meant to be... Well, were the... there two people? I don't know. Because <laughs> oh, it would be yeah. parabuts. Hang on. So Parab- it would be a yeah. parabut. So... I guess all parabuts. Parabuts. Because you have to have two cheeks. Yeah? I mean, anyway. there's probably an alien with one single cheek. Oh, I guarantee there is. But then where's the... Never mind. Um, it down in the... T- they still have a taint. Still underneath? They still yeah, have a taint? Yeah, it's yeah, still there? Yeah, okay. yeah. So they got the, like, the rounded ass cheek. Paratainterites. Nice. <laughs> so they were meant to be the big bad for all of Star Trek The Next Generation. Um, So like season one, I think they lay this thread and then in season two they pick it up. But then they decided they didn't really like it. So they just I mean, resolved it immediately. Who so, would? These parasites crawl into the ear. They don't actually crawl up the butt. They go in through the ear. So um, that was that was the rumor was that they're butt. So that's, that's what they got that's wrong. Funny. Exactly. Uh-huh, okay. So they go through the ear, and you can tell because they have a little spike that comes out of the back of the neck. They burst the eardrum. Jesus. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, totally. It's Ugh. gross. Um, and yeah, they basically take over all of Starfleet Command, but somehow Picard and Riker single-handedly manage to um manage well, to take them out. Well, it's, it's because fun. of their masculinity. Of course it is. This is the way that Mike mounts a chair. That's, exactly. That's the sheer masculine testosterone uh-huh. that just oozes out mm-hmm. of their person. And this rip- is like a pre-beard Oh, as well. shit. Uh-huh. God. Imagine that. Fuck. Insane. I mean, it- no worm Take me now. will enter that ear. <laughs> Riker will not be entered by a worm. Nice. That's correct. But the end of that episode, they send out a little distress signal and the worm or the people? The worm. Okay. okay. Uh huh. And (laughs) it's like Picard and Riker are just like, they've sent out a signal. It's to somewhere in the Delta Quadrant or like miles and like fucking other side of the galaxy, forever away. And the episode just ends with like an external shot of the Enterprise and then beep, 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 beep. And then it ends. 30 years later, we haven't seen them again. So, like, they were going to pick that up again and send more aliens from the Delta Quadrant, but that ended up being the Borg that came from the Delta Quadrant instead and just no connection to the worm aliens. Okay, 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 okay. So what if the worm didn't need to have, like, a living tissue, but it could take over Borg? What if they are Borg worms now? I, I was always hoping that they were, like, like precursors from the Borg or something. <gasps> what but, if yeah. they are Borg? could be if they like if they they're are, like we've the never borg been babies told. the borg yeah. babies you know like that's how they actually like yeah 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 yeah, yeah. the be. nanos because they're little mm-hmm. nano worms little nanites yeah oh my god but that's the first time they've been referenced since and that's something i love mike mcmahon doing is yeah that's fun the stuff that fans like hey whatever happened to these guys and he's like we know someone's job is to rewatch star trek me listen me, i'll take it i'll do it <laughs> Listen to the references that are so obscure that they go yes. nowhere and then make them into something. Get them in. That Get would that would be in. Starbase 80. It, like maybe it was mentioned in the background between two ensigns before they went to take a shit. And they're mm-hmm. like, you know what? That's a crappy place. Let's, let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. I mean, I'll take that job all day long. 
Um, and my last little reference was even when, even the one word, so this is when Bad Rutherford is dying, and he says, you, you, I need to show you a memory. And he holds his face and says, remember. Even that, Danae, is a reference. <laughs> Incredible. I That's love what, it. It's, um, it's from the Wrath of Khan, and Spock knows that he's going to fix the ship, but he's going to die, And but he transfers his consciousness into McCoy and just holds his face and says, Remember. And that's how they know that Spock's mind is inside McCoy. <laughs> Couldn't even let that go without a I reference, people. I so love great. it. Well, with that, let's head to engineering for resistance is futile. I think the ambassador is about to swear at some people. <laughs> Battle stations, everyone! Warning. Warp core collapse in 10 seconds. Let's this is, start, shall we? This is the Let's part of the go! show. This is the part Come of the on! show. This is the part of the show where we re-engage our sin brains, remind ourselves that no TV show is about sin, even our beloved Star Trek. Um, so thanks for listening, guys. Um, we'll see you next week. I have no sins. Danae, you go first. First of all, I want to say I apologize to my dogs who are trying to sleep in the very room that I'm screaming. Oh, no, Let's and they're go! like, uh, Let's go. really, Danae? Uh, the first really? sin that Danae, I'm gonna they first name you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure yeah, I have do. a dog name. I don't know what it is. <laughs> um, my first sin is something that I've been thinking about for at least two episodes, maybe three, because I can't mm. remember the first time that I saw their bunk beds. But okay. Just the idea that this is where they sleep. Mm. Um, I know that this happens. I know that this is how ships are. Like you know, I've I've seen you know the interior of submarines before and these other places where oh, military people. How did you where, get inside a submarine? Oh, that's a whole other story. Oh, okay. Um, where people have to to bunk in in small spaces, so I know that they exist, but there's mm-hmm. usually something that kind of like covers their bed area, gives them like a little yeah, bit of a privacy, little, like, pull down thing. And yeah, I've, I've just let it go for episode after episode, but I think yeah. if I was to send this episode, there's this moment that the, the episode starts with <laughs> Robot Rutherford having a dream. <laughs> And screaming and waking up. And the person sleeping directly below him doesn't even mm-hmm. stir. And I just, no. maybe I'm wrong and you would acclimate to the environment and actually be able to sleep because your body needs it. But if mm. somebody was screaming on a ship where yeah. there's constantly things happening, where just last week the captain came through with a mask on her face and uh-huh. there was an emergency, you wake up and you go. So yeah. there's just got to be some other ways force that things? there's a force. Yes, yeah, something that would give you some I just privacy. They would show it to us so that you didn't like roll out of bed as well. Well, in uh, Strange New Worlds, um, in one of the first few episodes, I believe, uh, what's her name? The, the comms? Uh, Ahura. Ahura. She was in kind of her own little bed and it had a little, mm, it, it was the episode yes. where they were really sensitive to light. Yes. And so she kind of shut herself in there and it had a little the force field that popped up. And I was like, oh, that's yeah. clever because it kind of gives you a little cocoon so you can sleep. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I would send that on this one. Cocoon. Yeah, no, absolutely. In that moment, though, I love the really butch, muscly, muscly guy with the <laughs> towel. And then just like, ah! Yeah, <laughs> I great. love the high pitch scream. So good. Um, I just think in general you shouldn't be purging people's memory caches just on a whim. Like, well, especially because there's been an issue with that already. And I think yes. he referenced it multiple times and has said that he was having headaches and stuff. And she's just like, you know what? Let's just push the button again. Tendi's like just immediately, let's do this with a tricorder. Instead of go to engineering, go to sickbay. It's I can just press a button and then delete your browser history. Like, no. 
it's like if That's you had a com- if you had a computer and you deleted the cache and it kept crashing, you wouldn't keep deleting the cache. You would look for the next problem. You would take it to a professional. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, it's yeah. gonna last a day, and that's it. Yeah, that um, mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Tendy, hands off. Yeah. Um. So I, I just want to say Samantha Rutherford. We, we've really oh, enjoyed yes. the names of this one, and I, I don't know that this is necessarily a sin, but it could be kind of a clever, fun thing if we, throughout the series of these, whenever we learned their first names or their strange, like, I yeah. lo- personally, I love the creativity with the names to take something and add something else that just makes it a little bit different. Samantha. What it's a great brilliant. name. That's Instead so fun. Instead of Samuel or whatever, Samantha. Samantha. And it, but yeah. it still makes sense. And mm-hmm. Bradwood is the same. Instead of Bradley or whatever Brad yeah. is short for, it's Bradwood. I love <laughs> it. great. I love mm-hmm. it so much. Uh, yeah, the names are super imaginative. Um, I want to know what they're doing with the shuttle. Like, in most episodes, they're working on the Sequoia, which I know comes up in season one, but I can't remember why. I don't know if they damaged it and part of their like kind of punishment is to fix it. But I, do, I love that it has like doodles all over it. But I, considering like how quickly they get shit done, they are not making any progress on this shuttle at all. When first seen in second contact at Envoy, the shuttle Sequoia had been pushed into a corner of the USS Cerritos repair bay, resting low in the decks on the set of blocks. Original warp nacelles are leaning upright against the hull. The shuttle's windows are missing along with her side hatches, leaving just empty holes in the hull. She generally appears to have been stripped for parts. Wow. Mm. Someone has literally put a whole thing together on Reddit. Oh, so. I guarantee it because it co- it pops up so much. It has to be... They will end... My prediction is they will end up using that ship as like a last an resort escape for or something. something. An yeah. escape pod or... It's like, yeah, but it's not ready to go. We've been working on this for three years. It literally... This person is outlining and this was um, put on two years ago. So likely through that yeah, season, season one. one. Yeah, that makes um, sense. About all the things that changes through that first season. Mm. So in, in this episode, this is what it looks like. In this episode, this is yes. what it looks like. So yeah, there's definitely something I going on here. that was the case. Yeah, I, and I love that. I'm all for it. I just think it's taking too long. <laughs> it's well, three years. But what a fun thing to do. I mean- Totally. Because in a show where you have to fast-paced movement, since it's a 20-minute yeah. show, to have something happening in the background that's that mm-hmm. slow burn- yeah, That's the sweet I love stuff. It. No, I no, love no, you're that. right. You are absolutely right. Doesn't make sense. Cancel that it. sin. <laughs> no. Um, is it sinful that yes. I, I'm going to call bad uh, Robotford? Is it sinful that he knows the word Jeepers Creepers when he goes to see Tendi and mm. get the information about the uh, security? Oh, the shift stuff, change. He yeah. says Jeepers Creepers to try to like pretend like he's good, but should he know that? he can do that that's a whole different part of his personality that he doesn't have access to yeah i mean rutherford good rutherford has to pull it from somewhere so maybe they're pulling it from the same place but but then why couldn't goodford and badford they would be able to like transfer back and forth with each other yeah. and they can't do that i, I anyway yeah no 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 There's you're something right there. it might be sinful i, I think my biggest so sin is sins about them like I it's ridiculous. My biggest sin for that is that they know what Jeepers Creepers is. <laughs> like that is either <laughs> a a very old song or a very old movie reference. So Jeepers Creepers, yeah. where'd you get those peepers? But I did like the 
<laughs> he's like, okie dokie, let's go. And Good Brother is like, I do not talk like that. I was like, no, you do. You absolutely talk like that. And even like in his imagination, when he's giving Beckett an order, she's like, okie dokie. Like they all talk like him mm-hmm, as well. It's mm-hmm, so great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, come on, sin it more. Sin it. Sin Rutherford oh and Bad Brother. Oh my God. Well, the whole thing that's happening in their mind is just a minefield yeah. of fuckery. Mm-hmm. So. You know, essentially, there's an argument between Goodford and Badford and which one's going to come out on top. And then for some reason, and I'm just going to try to get all my sins in one like little rant here. Okay. Um, (laughs) For some reason, Goodford agrees to do something that only Badford knows how to do, which is race. That's a sin. Mm -hmm. Like, why would you put yourself at a disadvantage yeah, totally but, unfair. But Goodford's like, yeah, sure, Let's I'll race. He shakes hands with himself and then begins his own imaginative race where Badford then, and this is all sinful, all of it, Badford has trouble racing even though he could imagine himself having shields. Yep, they, can, yep, yep. they could avoid imagining the Romulan ship that's destroying them. Everything that happens, they could literally avoid. I think he randomized the track, though. You can reimagine <laughs> the. Tr- Didn't what I'm that's saying, cheating. this is an active situation where you can pretend whatever you want to pretend as you go. Like yeah. there's, if if Badford wanted to take over Goodford, there's no reason to stay within whatever rules they didn't. Oh, and let's also talk about another sin happening at the same time, which is this idea that the brain is like imploding on itself because he's in a coma and they only have so much time. So then they spend time building a ship imaginatively. Yeah, but it only took seconds. It did not. They very clearly (laughs) geeked out, both of them, building their ships. This is like someone saying, honey, we're going to be late to school. And the kid says, Mom, I'm just starting to build my ship. And then you get the glue out and you start yeah. gluing it all together. Mm-hmm. And seven fucking years later, you go mm-hmm. to school. This yeah. is like going to college. insanity. And yes, you're like, it happened in seconds. No, no, it took time. We watched them taking the time to build a ship but- while their brain is dysfunctioning and they both could die. But what if what if brain time moves quicker than real time? What if all of that happens in the space of one second? Why pretend to build it at all if you're afraid of dying? Just it's, it's, fucking fight. Let's see. Of- Goodford and Badford just go to blows, but they know they want to do their thing. So it's just this weird thing. And then friendship is it's what saves the, the day. Yeah, but it it's not friendship. It's actually more parts of Goodford's brain pretending to be his friends. It is the most insane bit. And I'm forgetting things. Like, there's stuff in here that I just, like, I wrote stuff down. I was just, like, I I literally was, like, this is absolutely dumb. (laughs) But it was fun to watch. And that was, that's where I was, like, yeah, this all falls apart if you start asking questions. But it was fun to watch. I mean, he could have just imagined a ball cube. And just the other shit. Exactly. It could have been anything. That would have been chaos so quickly. Like, just imagine a black hole just sucks him up. Yeah. If this is if this is a brain with a bad side and a good side fighting for who is going to come out as the dominant personality or the dominant like memories, what this show is saying is that because Goodford had made friends, he had the advantage over Badford. Who? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, but there's all kinds of things Badford could have had, and it's it's one of those storytelling tropes that. 
it's it's fine you know but it's so one it's so simple it's like a good mm -hmm. and a bad but guess what there's good things about badford there's all kinds yeah. of things we could have found out about his character that mm -hmm. could have been really interesting to take over and to see what badford brings to the table with his skill set and still yeah. develops friendships so the only reason that he wins out is because this is what is so fucked up goodford's part of his brain has friends that know how to push buttons at the same time yeah, uh-huh, that's all it is. He doesn't do a lot more. They don't do a lot more. Yeah. Meaning Badford just can't imagine fast enough. Yes. He can imagine some extra arms. That's really all he needed. Some extra he long arms. He forgot shields? I mean, yeah. you can literally make whatever you want in your imagination and you're going to recreate something mm -hmm. without a shield and then go into the simulation. I don't know. A simulation that exists in your own brain. It's not even outside you of your brain. It's in your own brain. Rules. You have to have some rules. There are no rules when you're fucking dying and you're in but, your goddamn but, brain. But, but but there has to be some rules. No, no. It's, it's, it's it, like, there's no survival instinct going on here. It's just storytelling. They've been partitioned. They've been, they're two separate minds. If I'm Badford, I'm doing yeah, whatever the fuck I have to do to yeah. turn my ship around, use uh -huh. my gun, blow the other guy out of the water and get sucked back up into the brain and start over again. There's no mm. reason to be like, let's do this the right way. Sacrifice it's just yourself. so, it's. No, I get that. I get that. He should have uh, just like phased him or something. I but... don't mind it because again, I'm watching the story and I'm, I'm enjoying what the writers want to yeah. do. It's just once I started picking at it, it was like the whole thing just fell apart. Oh man, that would have so many sins in it. It really would. It, it is hard to sin dream stuff and like brainscape stuff. Let alone, how is it even considered a fair race when you're in your brain making it up? Like, there's no way to even gauge that it's fair to begin with. Like, it's just, no. you know. No, you're right. Anyway, you're anyway. absolutely right. I, I, and my big sin is that it would have been more nuanced to find, give them a way to remerge instead of yeah. killing bad Rutherford. Which like they you reference. Said, bring some of those skills to to yeah. solve the mystery together. Like, when, respect that mm -hmm. part of your history instead of burying it. Badford's dying and and Goodford's like, can't we just merge? And Badford's like, no, for reasons, <laughs> you know? <Yeah. laughs> no, 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 that won't work. How do you know, dickhead? Goodford even described his ship and its capabilities to his Badford competitor before going <laughs> into the race. Like, that's just the whole thing. It was yep. just insane to me. Anyway, no, I love... Well done. That's a good rant. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I somewhat disagree. That's okay. It's okay. Overall, I, I, I see where you're coming from. I respect your opinion. Well, thank you. Um, thank you. On a far more, far more substantial and far more important note, why on the Starfleet booth do they have like a Stargazer model? Why not a top of the range Sovereign class? Like why not the most up to date, most recent Starfleet ship? If you're going to show off and say, hey, join Starfleet, you need to decorate your booth with the best. Like, I love the Stargazer. That's great. But give me the Enterprise E. That should be on there. Or the Enterprise F, whatever is out there right now. Like, you got to decorate that stand with appealing shit. Yeah. Way more uh, important I than, would like, say the that the booth stuff. was a little lackluster. Yes. You know, uh -huh. especially right beside the archaeologists, it looked like a Renaissance fair versus, yes. like, the very sterile. <laughs> and I think... That That's might the point. Have been, That's yeah, the point. a deliberate point. But, yeah. Uh -huh. But yeah, like if you're trying to recruit, maybe show a phaser. <laughs> yeah, right. Show some guns. That's it. Give me some models. Just of get course, Eagle Moss to build that thing. I did really enjoy the fact that Boimler losing his shit was what gathered yeah. people to the booth because it's just like, man, I wanna I wanna have that kind of confidence. It was really we, good. We saved you from the Borg, you motherfuckers. <laughs> I just mm -hmm. love the beeps. Mm -hmm. I love this guy. He just went to the Ferengi and called them a beep. 
<sighs> so great. Um, I kind of question why does Starfleet even need a booth? Um, it's the place to be. Like, are they really low on their recruitment quota? Really? I mean, maybe you would think about like maybe not, but at the same time, there's just nothing like a personal conversation. You know, with two of the the Z lower team. decks. Yeah, from the lower decks on a Cali class ship. Like that's hmm, right. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, any other sins? <laughs> or have you eviscerated it well, entirely? Well, I, I am curious about your yacht perspective. Mm, so the captain's yacht was introduced in Star Trek Insurrection, which is the third TNG film. And it's basically, it's built into the Enterprise E as the captain's personal ship, which doesn't, it never made any sense to me because the captain shouldn't be leaving the ship for away mission. So what, is it just like a holiday yacht thing? And this thing is like advanced. Like it's better than all of the other shuttles on board. Like this thing is bigger. It it has weapons. It can go to warp. It's a secondary ship. Like I just don't understand why the captain needs their personal yacht. I, I, yeah. What are they doing with it? I don't mm, know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't understand why the, the Akali class has one either. Like that's a top of the range sort of thing. I don't know what freeman is doing with it that she can't do with a shuttle um maybe it's yeah. like a smaller yacht like technically technically it's like a sea version but it's they still call it a yacht because the captain's dinghy <laughs> yeah <laughs> please <laughs> all aboard the captain's dinghy it's not quite as, it's not quite as grand is it uh, that's Amazing. right and leave your um, le- leave your butt worms leave your butt parasite behind. behind nice uh um i when they said send a medical team to intercept rutherford no beam his ass to sick bay like transporters how do they work like stop sending people to intercept somebody that could literally be anywhere also he has a com badge you don't need to tell them where he is just like follow rutherford's com badge or beam him to sick bay rutherford is fucking strange right now can anyone else see that his panel is red yeah, was that not an immediate thing? Like, he doesn't cosmetically change that. Like, grrr. Yeah, that was a little frustrating. Yeah, a little frustrating. Anything else? Not for me. Okay, well, I had Shax jump through the transporter beam, and the transporter beam inconsistencies bugged tits off me. There is meant to be a confinement beam around the transporter beam that stops shenanigans like that happening. And yet, in, like, the voyage home... This woman jumps onto Kirk mid-transporter beam and gets transported. Shax jumps through the transporter beam before it's finished dematerializing. Bounce off of it. Like, there is a force field around the transporter. We know that. Arrgh. <sighs> Things that annoy Ian more than anything else. I actually happened to write in my notes today, too, yeah. but it was during the brain so scene. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. My very last one was interrupting an official log that she doesn't complete. Like, she's doing the official log for the mission. She gets the mission from the archaeologist. And A, that shouldn't be able to interrupt her log. And B, you didn't go back and finish the log. And that's going to really annoy me and Boimler. Mm. <laughs> oh, amazing. Well, I am, I'm sorry you didn't enjoy this week's episode as much as previous ones. But it's going to happen. I think we've had more hits than misses. Oh, for sure. And um, yeah, I'm really interested to see where the next threads go, especially with Rutherford's mission. And I'm—I never didn't think I'd say this, but I hope we get a bit more Boimler. Like Boimler. Oh, is, he's fun. Let's talk Boimler's about that. Kind Just of getting super, a super fast before we end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
The end of Boimler being put in the brig for losing his shit, but smiling and getting recognition. This is the several, there's been several moments. I mean, after he had the hunt, you know, when he was being Mm -hmm. hunted, the prey or whatever, (laughs) he got recognition for kind of being a yes man and taking some risks. And in this case, he lost his shit. But I think we're really, I, I said this, I think in the episode one, I think this is watching Boimler learn how to become like level one Starfleet. Yeah. Like going into uh-huh. the officer realm, he's going to be learning he's how changing. to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think he has what it takes to know what to do, and he's got to access when to be brave and when to be mm-hmm. bold and when to hold back. And he already knows how to hold back, so he's like learning the bold part. Whereas you know the counterpart to it, Hot Pants, is you know mm-hmm. she's all bold and she's learning when to hold back yeah when to dial it down yeah they're both kind of on the yin yang of that which is really fun to see i love that it's really fun to watch and i hope that i hope we actually just get a bit more boimler because i do feel like he's had a bit of a back seat but the times that he is present he's definitely getting some character development um i overall love what the show is doing i really 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 do i can't we're halfway through the season five episodes left it's crazy it's gone so quick and we hope you guys are enjoying it too well, mm, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Listen, the captain's feeling a little snappy after the whole brain conversation. I, and I we can talk about it, it after the show's over, okay? okay. okay. That's fine. All right. I understand. But brain stuff is hard. Anything can happen. Inception. Um, well, thanks for listening, everyone. We should be back to normal next week. Um, apologies for no live stream this week. Um, because we, well, I'm traveling around and about, but next week we should be back on track with our Monday live stream, 12 Central on Twitch and YouTube. So thanks for listening, everyone. I'm off to Starbase 80 to sell the Grand Nagus' staff to raise enough money to remove my anaphasic butt parasite. And I just told a Ferengi to beep, 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 beep. Damn it. I was hoping I listed so many references there weren't any left for you. <laughs> Such a butt. And live long and prosper. Thanks for listening. Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through captainspod at cinemasins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. Hello. Oh, hello. Oh, God. Hold on. You all right? Yeah. I didn't have it in my earbuds. Why did you have it? On um, speakers. I was like, you're coming oh. through everywhere. No, this is the voice of your conscience, Danae. It has been piped into the ship's computer. Why does do it your sound... laundry. Oh, I do need to do that. Yeah, yeah. That is <laughs> heavy on my conscience. Yeah. Nice. That's, that's an easy one. You can pretty much assume that if you say that to anybody, they're like, yeah, I probably should do that. Message that friend from high school that you poked during math class on Thursday the 21st of May 1986. Which means I think he would have been... Nope. Nope. <laughs> Not born yet? That's right. Uh-huh. Correct. Uh, actually, I was born in the 1800s. I am a vampire. So Holy heck. I mean, you didn't have to go with vampire. It could have been literally anything you don't have to do any blood sucking no there's a lot of misconceptions about vampires oh okay you're not the blood sucking it's easier if i say vampire because then it's just like oh okay instead of having to explain my actual species you're you're a subspecies of half drow middling hobbit vampire starts off in space it's a lot it's a big thing we'll we'll Mm -hmm. we'll talk about it later we got it we got a show to do 
And that is a conversation in Cetacean Ops. Oh, it's time to record Captain's Pod, bitches! I don't know why you like to hear me curse so much. I don't know why I like to curse so much. I just like cursy words, okay?